0: Hello and welcome to another London Council's Let's Talk About podcast. Today we are talking about homelessness and particularly focusing on how London's homelessness services have changed following the introduction of the Homelessness Reduction Act. Introduced in April 2018, the Homelessness Reduction Act brought about some of the biggest changes to homelessness policy in England for 15 years. It introduced new statutory duties for councils across England to prevent homelessness and widened the eligibility for support and advice services to include single homeless people. In December 2018, London Councils and the London Housing Directors Group commissioned LSE London to review how homelessness services in London had changed following the introduction of the Act and in light of other policy changes and market changes. The review looks at how services have responded to the changing policy and market environment and assesses Council's funding requirements to maintain, maintain services into the future. I'm Alex Sewell, I'm Special Projects Lead in the Housing
1: and Planning Team at London Councils. I'm Ellie Shepherd. I'm Strategic Lead for Housing and Planning, also at London Councils.
2: And I'm Kath Scanlon. I'm Distinguished Policy Fellow at LSE London at the London School of Economics.
1: So we've been working with the LSE on a report that's just come out into homelessness costs. Um, and Kath, I wondered if you could just tell us a little bit about some of the pressures that councils are facing.
2: We, we looked to, in this report at the, pressures, the financial pressures faced by the local authorities in London. Now, all local authorities in England have a legal responsibility to accommodate households that meet the, the, the definition of homeless, homelessness, households who are eligible. Um, and in London, that, the cost of that is particularly high, mm-hmm. both because we have a lot of homeless households in London and because it's really expensive to keep people in temporary accommodation while uh, councils are looking for long-term housing for these households and there are some households that say stay in so-called temporary accommodation for up to 10 to 12 years or even mm. longer. The central government does give grants to help local authorities meet the cost of this, but in the case of London, those grants are far less than London authorities are actually spending. And the cost has risen in the last couple of years because the homelessness reduction act gave local authorities new responsibilities that added to the cost.
1: Mm. Yeah. Um, It's interesting what you're saying about uh, London being particularly expensive for for homelessness because I was really struck in the research about the unit costs and how much higher they were in London for not only the main duty but also the new duties under the Homelessness Reduction Act of Prevention and and Relief. Um, Yeah, did you expect that when you went into the research?
2: We knew that costs would be higher in London but we didn't know exactly how much the difference would be or what... We didn't. We hadn't drilled down into what the drivers of those additional costs were. So when the Homelessness Reduction Act was uh, brought into force in April 2018, um, there was some money on offer for all local authorities to help them meet the additional costs that, mm. that um, of the responsibilities that the acts brought in. And in calculating that amount of money, the government used a formula, and they calculated what Ellie's mentioned as the unit cost of mm-hmm. housing a homeless household as well as the unit costs of, of dealing with other bits of homelessness responsibilities and those costs were calculated on a nationwide level mm-hmm. so for all the average for all local authorities in England But because London is so much more as so much more expensive and has a, a different context those figures really understate the cost in in London so compared to the national figure, it costs about four times as much to prevent a household from becoming homeless, and about twice as much to deal with a homeless household once they go into um,
1: temporary accommodation. Yeah, I think those are really stark figures, um, actually, and also it remains the case, does it not, that um, London has about two thirds, or uh, it's
0: about sixty, yes two thirds, yeah, 60, yeah. yeah.
1: Um, of the of the homeless households yeah. across across the country are in London. Um, so not only are we um, accommodating more households, but we're accommodating them at a higher cost. So, what is the total cost that boroughs are putting into homelessness at the moment?
2: Well, the the overall total expenditure, what all of the thirty three local authorities in London spend on homelessness every year, mm-hmm. is about nine hundred million pounds at the moment. Now they get income related to that Mm -hmm. because they get rents and um, contributions from the tenants themselves and grants from the government. So if we net out all of the related income, it comes to about 200 million pounds a year that they're paying for out of their own uh, general funds, out of the money that they collect from council tax and from other local sources of income. Now there are are lots of local authorities in say the north of England Mm -hmm. who don't pay any of the costs of homelessness out of their own resources because it's all covered by by grant and by other income. But mm-hmm. London authorities have to bear a lot of
0: that cost. Yeah, I suspect a lot of that um, cost is obviously driven by the sort of LHA freezes and mm-hmm. the fact that council have to top up a lot of, um, sort of temporary accommodation rents in particular as uh, sort of being a big contributing factor towards that sort of gap. That's one
2: of the big con- cont- uh, contributing factors. Mm-hmm. There's also um, the fact that uh, in the, the private rental sector, which is where most of the households in temporary accommodation end up, there's a, a, a sort of subsector of that market that caters for temporary accommodation uh, needs. And that bit of the market has more and more moved towards charging not monthly leases like would be standard in any usual rental contract, but charging by the night. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they can make, the landlords can make more money doing it that way, it's perfectly legal. Mm -hmm. Um, But charging by the night to put up a household in some cases for years Mm -hmm. is is
0: very expensive. Exactly, it's a huge amount.
1: And there's such a limited amount of accommodation that is available for families in receipt of housing benefit who on LHA rates. And I think that's an important factor here, which is is sort of what Alex was saying, because there was some research that we did at London Councils, Alex, about that.
0: Yeah, it's um, highlighting that in parts of London, I think 0% of the market is actually affordable under LHA. Uh, I think the average is...
1: 15%. Yeah. yeah. And it should be 30, um, or it was 30 when it was was first worked out. So I think Mm. that um what this research really kind of gets to, um into the um into the detail of is the um uh, the pressure of homelessness in terms of you have these um increasing levels of responsibility on councils to prevent relieve and house homeless families but a decreasing amount of stock to do that into, and a lot of <laughs> restrictions on the amount of money that can yeah. can go yeah. into that.
0: And Understandably, so we're doing obviously the response for mm. um, the homelessness reduction act call for evidence at the moment, and a subsequent survey around that, sort of asking people in sort of housing departments whether what the biggest impacts would be, and obviously a lot of housing officers are saying LHA is mm. sort of pretty much the top thing that would make a massive difference to them in terms of being able to house people. Yeah, So
2: Um, I think it works both ways. mm -hmm. We're getting homeless that people are presenting as homeless because they haven't been able to maintain their tenancy because the LHA rates are are too low and they can't afford to make up the difference. Mm -hmm. And then at the other end, it's really difficult to move households out of temporary accommodation into settled Mm -hmm. accommodation because there's a huge shortage of social housing and the PR the private rented uh, tenancies are not affordable because the, the LHA won't mm-hmm. won't cover them. So be, people are getting kind of stuck in temporary accommodation for years and years. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I think that's also one of the so again subsequent to sort of this is one of the reasons why we see sort of temporary accommodation increasing as well. Is obviously because we had this pressure on homes, uh, you know, uh, additional people coming in through the homelessness reduction act. You've got boroughs that are already doing a lot of prevention before this sort that came in and then this kind of creating that additional pressure isn't it Because in terms of like the outlays, there's not a huge amount that boroughs could do differently to what they were doing mm-hmm. before to so we've kind of seen this increase in TA in a lot of parts of London
1: yeah that's that's what we've seen from uh, anecdotally from housing directors um and obviously this research was done with london housing directors group uh, london councils and and, and with the lsc um, and the society of london treasurers and indeed the society of london treasurers and in fact do you want to say a little bit about uh, how you went about collecting some of this cost data because it was really complicated <laughs> it, was, it was yeah
2: yeah so we um originally looked at the official government statistics about expenditure on this service, and these um, figures are contained in um, the tables on local government expenditure, the backward-looking tables showing what local authorities have spent are called revenue-outturn tables, and there are some forward-looking tables as well. Um, But we found that looking particularly at the the homelessness figures, the revenue-outturn tables were not very, (laughs) find. I <laughs> think of a diplomatic way of um, they were rubbish. They were they, the quality of the data was really very poor. Um, they they were internally inconsistent. There were s- some figures entered that were just not possible actually. Mm. And uh, we realized that we really couldn't base a detailed analysis on that information. And actually I'm not putting I'm not saying anyone's to blame for this. It's basically this, it's a, it's a, a system that has been built up through accretion over years and probably decades, mm-hmm. and everyone recognizes it's not really fit for purpose yeah. anymore. So we had to go back to basics, really, and talk to, to uh, finance directors of the boroughs and ask them to provide us a whole new set of consistent figures about what they were spending on homelessness generally, and specifically on temporary accommodation. So we worked with the Society of London Treasurers on that, and for the first time in my professional experience of uh, researching London local government things, which now goes back more than 25 years, <sighs> every single bar responded to that survey, and so we got a completely yeah. full response list, which was fantastic.
0: Absolutely unheard of. Uh, unheard of, <laughs> yes. yes.
2: So congratulations to everybody <laughs> who, who did, did that well done. Yeah. Um, the people in South
1: and everybody who responded to that. Yeah, no, we um, we really appreciated the um, SLT support there because um, they also agreed exactly what the the costs would look like. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can make those comparisons, and so the figures that we've got now uh, feel really robust. Um, yeah. yeah, and and also I think while um, you know thinking about SLT, I think it would be remiss of me to not point out that the. Uh, 200 million sort of overspend uh, are coming from general funds that obviously have been squeezed um, to a extremely high degree over the last few years. I mean councils have seen their central government grants reduced by 65% since 2010 so not only uh, um, is, is local government in London putting in that kind of money into homelessness but it's from a smaller pot um, and you, can, re- you yeah. can really see that with the National Audit Office and um, their look into homelessness as well, like the amount of money that councils are paying into temporary accommodation is really increasing when most other costs are decreasing, because yeah. they have to because of the cuts. Yeah, mm-hmm. and
0: obviously the, the research that's been produced shows that it's going to increase further, both as yeah. a total amount and also as a proportion yeah. of, um, yeah, the spent, generally so, to £237 million, I think by 2022-23. That's what we expect. Yeah.
2: The, the expectation behind the Homelessness Reduction Act was that by spending more effort up front to prevent households from ever becoming homeless, it would reduce the flow of households into the, the you know, statutory homeless category and eventually mean that councils spent less because they didn't have so many um, households who were homeless. And that, it, you know in principle, is uh, a sensible thing to do and I think all the local authorities that we spoke to in London are completely... Supportive of the principle of, of prevention of homelessness, but it's the assumption that that would necessarily uh, lead to a reduced stock and a reduced expenditure on homelessness. I think in the London context is unrealistic. We don't expect that to we don't expect that to happen. We expect yeah. that. Um, expenditure will continue to grow actually.
0: Yeah, and there will there'll always be that other side of it, which is actually where can you find housing? Where yes. Where can they actually move into? And that's always going to be, well, in the current situation where we mm-hmm. have a lack of social housing, welfare restrictions, all these types of market pressures, that's where is yeah actually the, And the courts have, yeah.
2: um, you know, quite rightly um, taken the position that councils have to pay. A lot of attention to the the social needs of the household, to the education of the children. They can't necessarily move people a long way away Mm -hmm. to where accommodation is more available or cheaper. They have to keep them close to home,
1: which is what councils do want to do. um, You know, on a a political level and on an officer level. But it's I think that one of the issues that London councils had with the Homelessness Reduction Act when it was going through um, process to, to becoming law was that it. Put a great a huge duty on local government to deal with homelessness, but it didn't do anything to assist our levers at actually relieving homelessness. So there was no additional way of getting more um, units into uh, supply of social or genuinely affordable housing. And, and obviously there was no way of increasing LHA spend. Um, and so you have a, a harder duty but you can't actually uh, do anything at the, at the other end. So it's all about, um, you know, that, that's not helpful. And I think the other, the other issue that we had with it was the, the level of um, uh, administrative work that goes into taking somebody through what's called a personalised housing plan um, and the IT system that is used to support that, HCLIC. Um, and I think that came up certainly in our conversations with boroughs as being one of the key problems in terms of how long it takes an officer to actually um, do the work, the, the casework behind, rather than just the bit where they're actually doing the, the the interviews with the homeless family or homeless individual.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I'm, yeah. I'm not sure that Click was actually part of the Homelessness it's Reduction not. Act package. No. I think they're two separate things, but they hit the system at the same yes. time. Yeah. And so it was kind of a double whammy. And we were talking before about how poor the statistics are, well, it, in in principle, if HCLIC works as designed, it should produce some fantastic statistics in um, five or ten years' time, because you'll be able to kind of track individual households th- through the system and see how much was spent on various different elements of, of their case and so on. Um, that's all into the future, but at the moment, there's still a lot of bugs being ironed out. We were hearing that there were a lot of... Um, Still glitches in the IT and so on, and it also that it really required a very different way of working from the people who were dealing at the front line with homeless families, who wanted to be able to talk to them, um, empathize with them, negotiate on their behalf, and instead of that kind of uh, work practice, rather they were being asked to kind of type things into a a laptop, and um, that it didn't really didn't really mesh very well with how people had been working before.
1: And the spirit of the Act, because I think one thing that we can all get together on is that this Act is going in the right direction. There was clearly a gap when it came to single households and the support that they could receive from councils um, and taking a more preventative approach, although you can argue that the Act doesn't take enough of a genuinely a preventative approach, but it is a move in that direction. We can all get together on that, but unfortunately we have had you know the um, there are concerns about the administrative burden of the housing plan and as you say h click did come in in the same time so it does get conflated but also it means that we had this huge statistical change so will it be harder to measure the the impact of the act because we've had this huge change at the time
2: i think that is a, that yeah. is really a concern because the the, the start of the h click data yeah. is at the same time that the act comes into effect so if you want to look at before and after the before data about households and so on are, are on something called the P1E form, and the after data are on click and they're not directly comparable. And the first uh, few months of the click data are regarded as really unreliable because that review is just kind of getting to grips with Experimental. Yes, yeah. definitely <laughs> Experimental. Yeah.
0: Mm. Well, we kind of had to disregard the first course, but then we yeah. based the whole year on ast- on the estimates from the quarter two and three. That's right, yes. We, did, we just
2: discarded the data from the first quarter because yeah. we didn't think we could rely on them.
0: Yeah. So um, I think the um, the other th- thing is obviously the duty to refer, isn't it, and mm. how problematic that's been in terms of introducing the sort of administrative challenges around the duty to refer.
1: The, the duty yeah. to refer, for those of you who are less uh, sort of all over the Homelessness Reduction Act than we, we might be <laughs> or have been in recent months, uh, is a duty on other authorities, um, for example, health, uh, certain health authorities, to make referrals into councils so that somebody can receive housing support. Uh, in the original draft of the bill, it was a duty to cooperate. And that was one actually one element of the bill that we really supported because play, um, a duty to cooperate is sort of like... Uh, an understanding that um, this individual or household will probably continue to need support from a host of agencies Um, and whereas the duty to refer we were worried um, would just be a kind of okay it's housing's problem Uh, i'm just going to send an email and that's the end of my duty and um, on the ground i think it's a really mixed bag it also came in a year later um, than the rest of the act, so we're about you know um, nine months <laughs> further down the line, um, or, or, or whatever, um, with with the main part of the act. So it's um, it's a bit harder to to get a sense of what the impact's been. But it does seem that where things are working really well on duty to refer, it's been where councils have gone out and made a real effort, or whether we're pre existing partnerships with health partners, um, or with you know um, that actually worked really well previously. Prisons are another
2: yeah. Um, referring organization, and in some local authorities that's where the big prisons are, that's really Mm -hmm. added added a big flow of people.
1: It has, and prisons are taking it really seriously. Um, There there have been some issues where um, they might make referrals to several local authorities, which is not always helpful, but um, they are doing more and more to try and make sure that um, their referral methods are actually working with local authorities. Um, yeah. To get people help.
0: But Again, this is like a time and money thing. It is it? yes. Oh, yeah, just actually yeah, putting the upfront work into actually trying to get these relationships mm-hmm. built is a huge administrative task. It just in itself, which kind of adds this whole thing. Mm. And, it, and the it's an education,
2: yeah. is it an education piece for those other agencies because of course, why would why would we expect them to mm. know about the details of? Homelessness legislation.
0: Yeah, but There are also some key um, organisations that have been left off it yeah. as well haven't I mean, they? for example housing associations yeah. GPs I think Yeah GPs aren't on it and the police
1: aren't on it yeah. um, so no. Seems to be an oversight Yeah aspect. I mean GPs obviously are We would um, argue it's an oversight <laughs> We would argue that yeah. yes um, <laughs> I'm not um, sure it wasn't actually an <laughs> I mean I think there are some GPs who are already going above and beyond particularly yeah. when it comes to the social prescribing agenda and thinking about it from that point of view but generally a lot of councils have said to us they would like the duty to to be extended um and also to to the police with with housing associations they obviously have their voluntary commitment to refer but a lot of councils i, right. I think it's fair to say would want that to go quite a bit further um because to be honest of you know most housing associations already do everything that's in the commitment to refer yeah. and they really should be so you know we we'd, we'd want to see that looking looking at partnership working a little bit a little bit more yeah, yeah.
0: So, um, so in terms of the practical challenges, then is there anything else that's sort of coming up from the research at the moment around sort of obviously got H clip, got administrative tasks like sort of increasing the time it's actually taking to do an, an, an actual application and so I thing.
2: Well, the other thing that we heard was that that um, you are getting a lot mm-hmm. more households coming forward of the kinds yeah. yeah. that weren't um, coming forward much. Before and that was the intention of the act. That's Mm -hmm. that's a good thing. And that's what it was meant to do, but uh, And then when when these um, Often single people come Mm -hmm. and they have a discussion with the officer and a personal housing plan um, they then never appear again because Mm -hmm. they find that they are disappointed by finding that actually there's not going to be a council house uh, at the end of the process for them and and so they uh, well i don't know and we, disengage say, from the it, process is yeah. it a waste of time I mean maybe it's a maybe they learn something and mm-hmm. and they're, they 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 go away better informed about what their options are, but
0: it's definitely a sense of unfulfilled kind of uh, yeah
1: you, well, it's an expectations um issue yeah. because yeah. if you've heard that there's a new act that means that you'll be able to get support from your council, you you know, might take, turn up with a reasonable um, expectation of being housed, and that's not quite how the act works for single people. It's more about working together to um, to try and find accommodation, um, and some and councils are doing that in a variety of different ways. Um, but I do think that some people are disappointed, but I think essentially that disappointment comes down to what the market can offer. Um, really, I think another thing that we've yet to see what will happen is reviews. Because a lot of councils were concerned about um, how many different stages within the act can be reviewed, um, but actually they haven't. You know, the, there's not been a lot of reviews under the act yet, um, and you know, it's it's unclear whether that's because. Um, it's just going to take a little bit of time, or whether because uh, people who are supporting households are deciding to wait until the end of the process until they can actually review different elements of it rather than reviewing all of the, you know. So I think that's something that will remain to be seen over the next however long.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think the feedback we're getting is that on the very rare occasions there have been a review, it's quite time consuming. Yes, actually, and complicated. Be, yeah. Yeah. Actually, yeah, like you say, there's been hardly any. There's not been the volume any, yeah. that
1: uh, some people feared um, might might come through.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, so, should we move on to talk about the forecasts, about the actual spending forecasts that we Yeah, in?
1: let's finish off with the spending forecasts. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> do you want
0: to talk us through that? <laughs> um,
2: <sorry>. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, I, as I mentioned, um, in the most recent financial year, so the year that ended actually not the most recent financial year, cut that bit out, (laughs) um, in the financial year that ended in April 2018, so that's a year and a half ago, Mm -hmm. but it's the the, the most recent one for which we have statistics. So Burris spent over 900 million pounds. They got about 700 million back in in grants and other income, so the the net expenditure was about 200 million. Um, We expect from our projections that that total expenditure will increase to more than a billion pounds a year by 2022 and that the amount met by the general fund will increase to about 237 million so big increases on both fronts um, and there is as we've said some dedicated government grant that goes into homelessness but one of these grants the new burdens fund is due to finish, so that funding source, unless it's renewed, will no longer be available to meet these costs.
1: Yeah, and I think that 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 point um, I just would like to underline that um, because not only um, is the new burdens due to fall to net zero, because we were uh, supposed to be saving money on the main the main duty which hasn't occurred, the main plank of funding the flexible homelessness support grant is also due to finish um, uh, shortly, and with the uh, with the spending round, um, they um, they basically carried forward the amount of homelessness expenditure to twenty twenty twenty. 2020 to 2021, there's so many 20s just... <laughs> um, But they haven't necessarily specifically said that FSHG will be um, carried forward. I mean, I'd be astounded if it wasn't. Um, but that still leaves us with a cliff edge in 2021. Yeah, it's and the uncertainty. Is it is the uncertainty. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, obviously there's a lot of other things going on at a national level, but on, on homelessness, we do really need to see a little bit more strategic funding because we can always get we can really get together with government on its aim to uh, halve statutory homelessness and eliminate rough sleeping um, but you have to do that not only by putting money in but by making sure that we can strategically plan um for the services
2: actually that point about uncertainty <laughs> is is important because we when we talked to our housing directors um we heard from them that that they have had to take on staff to deal with mm-hmm. these new responsibilities under the homelessness reduction act but many of them have not been able to hire permanent staff because they weren't sure whether they could offer them an ongoing position or not. So they have brought in agency staff who cost three times as much. Now, is that a wise use of public money? It's probably the only choice they have under the circumstances, but surely it would be more sensible to have long-term certainty about the the funding position and be able to take on permanent staff, train them properly to do this work. Definitely.
0: And at the moment, you've got... But council's looking at their funding beyond April, and as we said already, to discuss sort of looking at the uncertainty around that. But you'll also have staff who are making a decision about whether they want to look for another job. And that's kind of getting to the point now where you need Mm. sort of of an announcement now around what actually the funding
1: is, particularly on the new burdens. Um, Exactly, yeah, yeah,
0: because it's welcome that they've increased the budget by 54 million next year for homelessness and rough sleeping. But actually, with the assumption that this act would be cost-neutral, that's still kind of hanging around, isn't it? Yeah, we don't
1: know where that fifty million is going to going to go. Um, But we will we will see. Well, thanks very much for your time, Kath, and for this fantastic report.
2: It's been a pleasure. It's been a fascinating piece of work. Thank you very much. Thanks.